good to be back with you all. Missed you last week. I thank my friend Michael for coming. It was, it was fun to swap and to share with our churches, and I know he really loved meeting you all as well, and um, he was encouraged by what God is doing here at New City. So today we start a new ser- sermon series. It's called A Church Called Tove. I wanted to show you this book. This would be a worthy book to buy if you're interested in buying it. Um, we are going to be working through this for about six weeks. It's by Scott McKnight. Um, it is... It's called A Church Called Tove, Forming a Goodness Culture. And um, I was suggested this book by another clergy friend, and then I have another friend who's preaching from this, and I think it's very timely, especially as we continue to adjust and change and also look at how do we be the church that God is calling us to be right here in this community, in our part of the world, and with each other. Um, the I love the, the term forming a goodness culture because it, it really means that when we, are, when we are doing our best as God's people in our world, God's goodness just shows. The church flourishes and new people come because of the irresistible goodness of God that is shown through his people. And I think at the heart of this, as I'm, I'm about halfway through, but it's, it's, an, it's how evangelism happens. It's that people see how good God is through you and through what you do and who you are and through our church body, and people want that. And unfortunately, in the first, you know, I I will tell you this, the first four chapters of this book are a little hard because it gives some case studies where churches have not represented the Lord well. They have not shown tov. They have not shown the goodness of God. And some of them more recent, um, I, I don't want to throw churches under the bus, but it gives the recent example of Willow Creek in Chicago huge mega church that, you know, it's kind of interesting. So many of us pastors emulated how to do things from. And then when you see how it really was, you're like, okay, that's not how we do it. And I, I think a lot of it is um, in, the, in, the, in the world, if we get caught up in how the world does things, we want to be powerful. We want to be important. We want to be noticed. But that is not in God's economy. That's not how God does things. And so this book really kind of brings us back to the basics. And the thing that I just want to encourage you about at New City is even though we are small, we love really well. And I see all of you loving Jesus with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. I see you loving each other well, and I see you loving other people well. And so I think as we continue to do that, that means other people are going to want to come in and be like, something's going on here, and God is doing something, and I want what you want. But we also have to keep going out and showing that tov and bringing that in. So that was kind of the where, the where, what, why, when, all that for this book. Um, but I really encourage you to get the book, and, and if you want to talk about it more, we can. So we're going to be kind of doing a high-level view. I didn't want to <laughs> have a sermon on, like, and show you and tell you about every bad thing that's happened in, in churches. I think we know about that. Our media has done a really good job of, like, blasting that out, and we don't need to do that. But it really is coming back to how do we continue to push into what, this word tov is, this word that, that God has described our world and people and everything he has made, and lean into who is, who is that for us to be as well. Um, so in Hebrew, the word tov is defined as good. Again, it's over 700 times in scripture, and it's such a big deal because it's really God's definitive stamp on saying, this is my mark on things. When it is good, it represents what, how we see God and how we experience him. In Genesis 1.31, at the end of, of God creating everything, 
says just God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And so when you think about the fact that God has made us as human beings in his likeness, and he says of, of us as people, we are good because God says, part of me is in you. And so that just says who we are as God's people is also part of that tove, and how we live into being people that represent God and bear his image is significant. So you've got some paper, um, some colorful pieces of paper next to you. I just have a few questions for you to, to sit with for a minute here. Um, and this one I just think is like important that we do business with. Because I can't take for granted of knowing where all of you have come from, you know, in our stories. But first question is this, and you can write it down if you need to. But ways that you have seen or experienced a Christian church that was not told, that was not good. And as you write or, or maybe just reflect, what happened? And even as I, I ask that, I acknowledge that emotions come up for, for each one of us. If we have been in a church body that has been wounding or we've been hurt, as a pastor, I like to say that, you know, we are shepherds and sometimes our sheep bite us and bite each other, which is hard. What did you learn if you were in a church culture maybe that was not happy and not representing God's goodness? And then the other question to lean into is, how did you choose to return to Christian community if you did have a hurtful or wounding experience. That's always my, my biggest wonder, too, when people have been wounded and hurt. What brings you back? What makes you take a second chance or a third chance or a fourth and choose to come back and be with God's people? Those questions might be questions to unpack later, so if, um, if you want to talk more about that in Soul Food or you want to talk more about that with me offline um, this week, I would be open for that conversation too, but I think that we are all coming from different places and stages. I know for me, when I asked that question, <clears throat> two places came up for me, boom, immediately, and, um, and I think it is the grace of God that I stayed as a pastor just because of a couple of the wounding experiences I've had, and it was at the hands of other clergy. So I think that we, we can't take, take lightly the fact that we are all here. We all take the risk of being together. We all will say, even if I've been hurt, I'm still going to try. I'm still going to take the risk. I'm still going to um, make myself known and be vulnerable and be part of Christian community. I don't take that lightly. And so I thank God that you're all here and that you all come and bring all of you, all of your gifts, everything that you are to this place and contribute and be part of our Christian community. Tish Harrison Warren says this, <clears throat> the church is part of the good news of Jesus. Jesus's mission was not simply to save individuals. He created a community, an institution to bring his enduring light, truth, peace, and goodness into the world and in every part of human society. It's important you think about the, the book of Matthew that um, we're going to be reading from again, that Jamie read from. 
The book of Matthew was written to Jewish followers of Jesus who were part of early Christian communities. And so all of, you know, all of Matthew is helping people understand where they find their place in Christian community, um, who they are as, as Jewish followers of Jesus, and to understand that it, it wasn't just of how to, you know, Jesus came to save, yes, number one. And it's also the community. that the, He said, you are the body of Christ. You are my people left on this earth. You are to bring light. You are representing truth. You are supposed to be representing peace and being peaceful and bringing God's goodness, God's tov, into the world in every part of human society. It's important, too, that you think about the word gospel means good news. Jesus represents and is the good news, literally, God's tov. So reflect again on Matthew chapter 20. I don't know if, Dylan, you can bring that back up again. What's important is we kind of zoom in on um, this mother's request of um, James and John's mom. It's First of all, it's interesting that the mom comes and, and she's, wanting, she's wanting a favor from Jesus. She's saying, um, grant that these two sons of mine, that they get to be the biggest deals and sit at your, at your right and your left. And it's interesting, too, because the right was the really good spot and the left was like second. So I'm wondering which, which brother was going to be right and left. That's a thing, too. And Jesus tells her, you don't know what you're asking. Can you drink the cup I'm going to drink? And they're like, of course we can. We can drink your cup. We've shared meals with you. We've shared bread. And it's not that. It's, it's can you drink the cup of suffering and sacrifice it's going to mean for you to follow me and to be, be part of me and represent me. And Jesus tells them, well, you indeed will drink from my cup, but you don't get to choose to sit on my right or left. That's God's job. And then the, the other ten disciples hear this and they're you know, really ticked off, I'm sure because it's like everybody wants to be first. You realize that too. They're like, what about us? Are we chopped liver? And Jesus says, here's how it goes. You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. That's what catches me in this part always. Jesus is like, not so with you. Instead, whoever one among you wants to become great must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Because as we know, Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. This, this passage is important because as God's people, we are to be different than the world. You know, and Jesus really calls them to task and says, oh no, you're not supposed to be like everybody else out there. You're supposed to be like me, serving, loving, giving yourselves reflecting that goodness that, that looks totally different than the world of the me first um, in power, and, and that is not how the church is supposed to be. And so the unfortunate thing is, in Christian churches, we forget that sometimes, and we want to be a big deal. We want to be powerful. It's, I will tell you, it's, it's really easy when you're in charge to let that go to your head and just, to, and just stop forgetting that Jesus called you to be pretty much on your knees with a towel, serving and in a posture like he does. And so it's important as a church that we, we come back to the basics of who we are as Christ followers and we look like and live like Jesus. And it's hard and it takes, it takes a lot of discipline to come back and say, oh wait, I'm supposed to be like Jesus, not to be like that. And so his chastisement of the disciples is, is kind of humorous. Um, so the next, next slide I, I want to share with you is this. Sorry, lost my uh, spot. 
Never underestimate the power of the environment you are in to gradually transform who you are. When you choose to work at a certain place, at a certain company, you are turning yourself into that sort of person who works in that company. David Brooks said this in his book, The Second Mountain. You think about the culture that we're in and the culture that we um, immerse ourselves in really does transform us. And that, when I read this, I, I just paused because I thought I work in a very unchristian culture. And I am constantly aware of um, during the week when I am working in the setting that I work in in mental health, I am working with people from all walks and all places. And so I am constantly conscious that as a Christ follower, I bear Jesus' image. I bear his light and his love within me. And so it's a constant reminder of what's going on around me so that I don't succumb to that culture as well, especially if it's a godless culture. Scott McKnight says this in a church called Tove. He says, culture is important. Culture in which we live teaches us how to behave and how to think. We learn what is right and wrong, good and bad, by living in a culture that defines these things. When we learn, we learn our moral intuitions, beliefs and convictions, and community and relationship with others. Culture socializes us into what is considered proper behavior. That's interesting because right now our culture has definitely kind of shifted of like what's proper behavior and, and what is not. I mean, if, you're, if you go out anywhere, you think all the things that used to be like not okay, somehow are okay. And, you know, it could go in a lot of ways of what's okay and what's not okay. But he says this, it's also true in our churches as well and in society at large. So when we come to our church communities also, we are a culture within our culture. So I think it's important as we continue to dig into who we are as people of God here at New City, we, we name our culture. Some things I know about this culture that I really appreciate is just how good and loving everybody is to one another. I saw that right away my first Sunday with you all, which is coming up in like a year here soon. Um, this is also a, a really relaxed and casual culture. I know I had to like adjust my dress code a little bit because I came from a church where I had to dress like very formally and I was like, I mean, actually today, I have to say this, I thought about wearing my joggers today, but I was like, I can't do it, I can't do it. <laughs> but I'm like, I bet New City would be okay with it. I'm like, I can't do it. You know, so we think about like the culture that we in, is it, is it a culture where um, when I was growing up, women had to wear dresses all the time and men wore their suits. Um, you thought about like the, the worship culture, you know, what people do and don't do in worship. Is it a culture where it's all hand raisers or nobody raises their hands? Is it a culture where people are free to express emotion or people have to keep it all in? Is it a culture where there's friendships outside of the church and relationships outside of the church or does everything just happen here on Sundays? So it's important to just keep thinking about who are we as people of God here and how do we keep forming that culture that is um, irresistible, inviting, and also invites other people in, not keeping it the best kept secret here in Edina. I want you to also think about this. There's two things um, Scott McKnight brings up in his book that characterize a church's culture. And he says, first of all, compassion will characterize a church's culture when the congregation and leaders interact in compassionate ways until a, until a critical mass of compassion tips the balance in the direction of becoming a compassionate culture. And he also says this. This is the flip side of the coin. Toxicity will take root in a church's culture when the congregation and leaders interact in a toxic and dysfunctional way until the balance tips in the direction of toxicity. So it's either, it's either compa high compassion or high toxicity, and it's going one way or the other. And so I just want to tell you, this is a compassionate culture. I have no doubt about that. 
it would be really difficult if we were in a toxic culture and having this conver conversation from here. It'd have to be like a compliment sandwich. Some good, bad, good. It, it would be a hard one. But overall, we have a, a culture that loves well, sees people, notices each other, meets people where they're at. But this is something to be aware of. Is as we practice this, we have to be intentional. We have to really notice each other. We have to go outside of ourselves. We really have to be like Jesus. And when we notice, we do something about it. When you think about the word tov, what is God's, sorry, this is too small, this word tov of God's executive virtue for how he wants us to live. This is like God's priority. You live like me. You live good. And we think about, first of all, God alone is tov. He is the epitome of what goodness is. God's design is tov. Everything he has made is good. And so we say yes to that. Tov meaning good is active. Tov resists evil. God's ultimate approval is tov. Just think about that. Everything that God made, his stamp was, it is good. And so when we agree with God and we look like him, we do the same. Tov is the gospel. I mentioned that earlier. Jesus is the good news. Jesus is tov. Um, I just want you to consider as we, as we wrap up today, where do you see God's tov showing up here at New City? Some of you might be newer than others. Where do you see that? Where do you see that in other people? Where do you see that as a culture? And then the next one is one for just how we can move forward. What ways do you hope for more tov, for more goodness, to flourish and abound here at New City. That's the exciting thing. As we agree with God, we also say, okay, Lord, we're going to live into this more and more, and we are going to press into what it means to look like you and be like you. And it's going to take intent, and it's going to take prayer, but it also means that if, if God is doing it, we have no problem joining up with him and see where he's at work. And so my prayer for you all this morning is, first of all, that you know that you are loved, um, that, you, that you can feel this is a safe place, and if it's not safe to you, like, Tell us, tell us leaders, that's important. Um, for those of you who are invested here in leaders, keep showing that tov love, keep showing that compassion, keep inviting, keep including. Um, I pray that you will look so irresistibly good to other people because of Jesus and you, that people be like, where do you go to church? Where do you show up on Sundays? Because they're going to want to join you in that. Not because this is like the best church in the world, but it's because there's Jesus' love here and it is good. Let's pray this morning. Oh, Father, we thank you so much for your love and goodness. Thank you, Jesus, that you alone are good. And God, we can emulate who, who you are just because of you living within us. And Lord, that starts with relationship. And so, Lord, we, we invite you in. We, we say yes to you, Jesus, and acknowledge that the only way that we can be good is, is through you. So, Lord, keep working within us, keep modeling us, and molding us after your image and your likeness, and may we represent you well in this world. In Jesus' name, amen.